Warning, All Things Crime is a true crime production that may contain violent or disturbing material. Viewer or listener discretion is advised. I may have been a low, low level uh, officer, but uh, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that that was probably the worst possible scenario that could have happened. And just the fact that women and children have been American, American citizens, women and children have been left behind to be, I'm trying to think of what, what an equivalent would be. Those of you that are dads, imagine putting, you know, allowing your daughters, your wife and your daughters to be in a prison or something and they're with a bunch of rapists. That's essentially what we've done with some of the, we've condemned them to, yeah, maybe they'll survive, but uh, if they do, there's a good chance that um, it's going to be, they're going to be scarred for life if if we do get them out of there. And it, it, or, or at least um, if we don't get them out of there before the Taliban gets gets their hands on them, because it's just, it's just disgusting what is going to happen to those guys. Hello, everybody. It's Jared. I'm back at you today. Um, excited to be here. It's pretty wild. I've been in kind of a funk for the past five or six days and uh, talking to my wife and trying to figure out what was going on. And I realized that, you know what, this is just such a unique time that um, really been struggling. And I, th- I think a big part of it is because of what's been happening in Afghanistan. And we're definitely going to address that. So I wanted to talk a little bit today, and I wanted to go live with this just because I wanted to get it out there sooner rather than later. And this is just something that is just near and dear to my heart. Um, For those of you that don't know, I served 14 years in the U.S. Army, and part of that was with the 101st Airborne Division. So 101st Airborne Division is an elite division, their rapid deployment. They always have at least one company, if not a battalion that's on ready. And uh, that one company, by the way, when I was there, pretty amazing. This uh, company of uh, soldiers had all of their equipment palletized, or and not just the equipment, but they had a what's called an A-bag, which is a duffel bag full of their clothes and stuff ready to go. Uh, and they were wheels up, meaning that they were in the plane, gone in 30 minutes. And that those guys could be on a C-130 flying somewhere, anywhere in the world with it within 30 minutes. And that's uh, that's what we in the military call the rapid deployment. So I know the SEALs and everybody else, man, those guys are even faster. Those guys are uh, deployed uh, all the time. So, But as part of my training, I went to what's called Ranger School. And I wanted to read this for you, and and this this might uh, give you a little idea of why, uh, if you're paying attention at all with um, what is going on in uh, Afghanistan, and I 100% understand there's not a lot that we personally can do. Uh, 
we can call our congressmen, we can call our senators, we can say, hey, uh, put pressure on the administration. There's Americans left in, Af in Afghanistan. And aside from the, the $2 trillion, yes, that's a, a economically to the United States, $2 trillion wasted in, in, um, in Afghanistan is unbelievable. $85 billion worth of military equipment that we left there is unbelievable. But uh, to me, leaving Americans behind is unpardonable. I, I just, I can't fathom. And here's why. So in, in Ranger School, one of the things we had to do was learn the Ranger Creed. And now imagine trying to, I mean, this is probably like six or seven paragraphs. Imagine trying to do this on two hours of sleep every day. And we had to be able to recite this thing at any any time. It didn't matter how, how sleep deprived we were. We had to know this cold and we had to deprive it. Now it's been 20 years or more. So, um, I'm not as up on it, but I've always remembered this, and this has been part of, and just ingrained in my soul, and I wanted to read this to you. So this particular uh, paragraph is what is so near and dear to our hearts, and this is, I, I'm trying to kind of speak out for a lot of the other military members that I know that are out there, uh, a lot of you law enforcement that, you know, the guys that I interact with the most, uh, men and women, by the way, I'm not discriminating here. But the men and women of law enforcement, many of them have served in the military. And those of uh, my brothers and sisters in arms in the military, uh, you guys know what I'm talking about here. But it says, energetically, will I meet the enemies of my country? I shall, I shall defeat them on the field of battle, for I am better trained and I will fight with all my might. Surrender is not a ranger word. I will never leave a fallen comrade to fall into the hands of the enemy, and under no circumstances will I ever embarrass my country. Now, you just take that little paragraph right there, and that is why there are so many veterans, especially those of you that uh, fought and was deployed over in Afghanistan. I know what you guys are. I, I didn't deploy there, but... As a veteran, I know what you guys are going through, and uh, I am feeling with you, and it is just sickening what has happened over there. <clears throat> I'm not opposed to leaving Afghanistan. After 20 years, if those guys can't um, defend themselves and um, you know fight for their own country, then there's not much that we can do about that. However, the way we left is what is so disgusting to me. And, um, and frankly, I think it's going to be devastating. You know, we have um, open borders. I've, I've talked about that in the past. And, uh, and it's still a major, major problem. I've been down to Panama. I've seen the immigration problem that they have. I'm telling you that uh, it is crazy what is happening all over the world with um, uh, politicians, especially using uh, immigrants as kind of pawns to punish other countries. I know that's happening in Europe uh, in, with some countries that have border disputes and things like that. But um, these are people. These are people that are being used. And if we in the corporate world used people 
the way that some politicians throughout the world are using uh, people. And, and I, I, I don't want to make this um, political. It's, it's not political. This is a matter of um, just being human and uh, right and wrong. And again, as a veteran, just kind of expressing, uh, just kind of, uh, man, I just kind of had, had to throw this out there. You know, it's, I, I've started evaluating the last uh, six days. And um, ever since the, the withdrawal really started happening, all of the chaos that was happening at the airport. And something that really triggered me was those, um, those 13 uh, Marines and soldiers that were killed at the Kabul airport. And I actually posted something about that on uh, as if things weren't bad enough. When that happened, um, especially knowing the circumstances behind that, that we were relying on a terrorist organization, the Taliban, to help secure that. Um, man, I really struggled with that because um, there's so many different ways that this could have gone differently. You know, if you think about the security that our armed forces over the past 20 years, uh, their posture that is, they've set up, you know, different uh, concrete barriers and uh, with multiple um, layers of security that they would put in between them and any possibility of a car bomb or, or even a, a suicide bomber. And then the chaos that happened there at the airport is just, it was tragic. So the, the one post that I have made in the past week was about that. And I'm Mike Morford, and I've been researching the Zodiac case for years. Zodiac, just the name. It sounds sinister. It inspires fear. The fact that a serial killer would give himself this moniker is disturbing. He would go on to taunt police by sending letters and codes to newspapers for years. And the attacks, they were something else altogether. If you were a young couple in a secluded area, you could easily be a target. And it wasn't just shootings on dark lovers' lanes. Zodiac would even attack with a knife in broad daylight while wearing an executioner-style hood. After a while, Zodiac changed tactics, and even lone cab drivers weren't safe. The Zodiac killer terrorized the San Francisco Bay Area and then vanished, but he left a lot of clues behind along the way. Clues that we're going to examine closely on the new podcast, Zodiac Speaking. New episodes of Zodiac Speaking come out every other Saturday starting March 13, 2021. Subscribe today wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Now, I, I have about 8,000 uh, connections here on LinkedIn, and so which is not a lot uh, on a lot of people's scale. But uh, for me, a, a typical post like that, that just had uh, some text and then a picture, but the picture was of the uh, the 13 coffins that were draped in American flags inside of a, inside of like a, a, a C-130 or a, a C-17 or something like that. And <clears throat> now, whether or not it was the 13 doesn't matter. The fact that there are there were veterans that were in the war zone, uh, these Marines and soldiers that uh, were killed there at the Kabul airport. Uh, I, I, I made that post in order to honor them. And it was amazing. It got, uh, I think, 55 uh, reposts, a lot of people, and you know, I don't know, 14 or 1,500 comments and 45,000 views. I mean, the thing for me, 
for my uh, small connection base, uh, that is, that's a viral post for me. And that absolutely blew up. And it was amazing to me how many positive posts or, and comments were made on there. How I, I think I, I was able to express the, uh, the pain and suffering that a lot of people in the United States, especially, but I, there were comments from people all over the world. And I'd, I'd say 98% of them were very positive and supportive and good comments that people were just expressing um, the sadness and the rest in peace type of a, of a comment about um, uh, to a lot, you know, about the 13 that were killed. And, uh, you know, again, as a veteran, um, it, it breaks my heart, especially when um, in my opinion, it, it could have been avoided. I mean, there's so many things that uh, I, I was only a captain when I, when I retired. And so I wasn't really high level. Uh, I had some uh, training in my, my specialty was nuclear, biological and chemical warfare. Uh, but having been, a, been attached to a field artillery brigade, as well as uh, the 101st Airborne Division, uh, and then multiple uh, agencies passed, uh, not agencies, but different type of units passed that. Um, military intelligence, th that kind of, it, it, it was pretty amazing. I, I had uh, a pretty good variety of training and different units that I was attached to. In the process of doing that, uh, I was able to gain some knowledge on how to um, assess a situation, especially enemy movements and things like that. And for generals and colonels and, and everybody that did this planning, for them to screw this up as bad as they did and, and got soldiers killed and Marines killed, to me is just unforgivable. Yeah, it, it is unforgivable what, it, what has happened and, and what is currently happening. And then leaving Americans behind. Um, even President Biden admitted that they have left 10% of Americans behind in Afghanistan. And I, I just, as, as an American, you can't do that. And I hope whatever country you are listening to this from, I hope whatever you have enough loyalty and enough love and patriotism for your country, that you feel the same way that I do about Americans. You know, you cannot leave countrymen behind in the, in the hands of terrorists. And especially just from a law enforcement and a crime solving perspective, if you have any understanding of what Taliban do to women and especially little girls, but children in general, uh, they are ruthless. They are, many of them have no education. They're, they're almost equivalent of seventh century cavemen. And they're, you know, they look at women as just a, something that uh, cooks for them and takes care of children and um, pleasures them. And that's it. And uh, if, if you, anyway, I don't, I don't want to get, get too far into that. But from a law enforcement and a crime perspective, uh, women in Afghanistan now cannot be in a worse position. Anybody that claims that they are support women's rights and um, the women's uh, protection and all of that, 
Um, and then you're okay with what's going on in Afghanistan. You either don't understand what's happening or, um, yeah, you need to reevaluate what's going on because, um, there's no woman that is safe in Afghanistan now. And I I think out of a 40 million population, if you take half of that, there's 20, 20 million women now. And many of them, if they're educated or they're a politician, you know, there were, um, professors and, uh, mayors and people like that, they, yeah, the Taliban's just going to kill them. And anyway, so this kind of explains really some of the funk that I'm in. And, um, in talking to my wife, I was thinking about um, what what was it? And this is before I really recognized uh, what what it put me into it and what kind of triggered this. Um, why I wanted to come on and do this live is um, I haven't felt this way since 9-11, 2001. So 20 years ago. And I remember that day like it was yesterday and anybody that actually lived through it that was an adult that lived through it you understood the horror of what was going on. Um, once we saw the towers and the news cycle was just kind of like what's going on with Afghanistan right now. They looped it over and over those planes hitting the tower. Uh, and yes, we see it every night, every uh, September 11th. But back then in 2001, when it actually happened, uh, first of all, I was a company commander uh, for a, a army reserve unit. And so that had special significance for me. But in, a, in addition to that, just as an American, but I, I think this, this kind of shock happened all over the world where we were staring at these p- images of these planes. Nobody ever thought of the damage a plane could do to a building. And even when it hit the Pentagon and but the Twin Towers coming down, who anybody that actually saw that, how could you possibly forget it? And yet I think as um, as Americans and as uh, people of the world, I think many of us have forgotten it. And there's actually some out there that deny it ever really happened, you know, and, and uh, conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff. But regardless, the shock that the country experienced from that was uh, was just absolutely staggering. And business, it, it shut down businesses. I mean, you think COVID's bad. Imagine uh, all flights being canceled. You know, I mean, everything was grounded. Uh, it was it, it was an insane time. And, you know, if any of you actually lived through that, uh, yeah, definitely make a comment in there and, you know, tell me how you feel, but or how you felt back then. Uh, back to that post that I made last Friday in honoring those uh, 13 um, men and women that died that uh, from the military, U.S. military. And uh, honoring them, uh, I, any of you that made comments on there, I just wanted to thank you for making a, a comment. And hopefully you were one of the positive ones. There were a few negative ones that, you know, I don't know, one lady, I, I think she was from Australia. It was kind of weird. Uh, trying to actually politicize it like, you know, that's, that wasn't our country and it was all for profit. And anyway, I was like, whatever. So, but the rest of you that helped me honor those, those 13, then um, uh, 
thank you for your comments and helping helping that uh, be exposed and get out to so many people. Marla says it was surreal and unbelievable on 9-11. Uh, and that's kind of how uh, I feel now. And I 100% agree with that. It's uh, it's weird watching what's happened in in Afghanistan. Um, again, not not that I disagree with with pulling out of there. It was time. But the way we pulled out of there and just the the chaos, I may have been a low low level uh, officer, but uh, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that that was probably the worst possible scenario that could have happened. And just the fact that women and children have been American, American citizens, women and children have been left behind to be, I, I'm trying to think of what, what an equivalent would be. Um, those of you that are dads, imagine putting, you know, allowing your daughters, right, your wife and your daughters to be, uh, uh, be, be, you know, in a prison or something and they're with a bunch of rapists. That's essentially what we've done with some of the, we've condemned them to, yeah, maybe they'll survive, but uh, if they do, there's a good chance that um, um, it's going to be, they're going to be scarred for life if if we do get them out of there. And it, it, or, or at least um, if we don't get them out of there before the Taliban gets, gets their hands on them, because it's just, it's just disgusting what is going to happen to those guys. And it's, it's, uh, it's horrible. So just, you know, that's just one of the things that I want, I wanted to talk about. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to break this too long, but the bottom line is business wise, we are an influential community. And my call to you is to get a hold of your your uh, congressman, your governor, your senators, and plead with them to make the case to be forceful with getting those people out of there, and and most importantly to start securing up uh, the United States because uh, and and whatever whatever country you are listening to this from. In uh, you know you could be in Japan, you could be in Australia, you could be in Europe, uh, Thailand. It doesn't matter. You are in danger now. the The Taliban now has possession of eighty five billion. And you look at the list. If it, there's over three hundred and eighty thousand automatic weapons, you know everything that's military grade that uh, we left back there. Some of it might be, uh, you know, it, there's there's 300 and some helicopter, like Black Hawk helicopters. You know, some of those aren't functional. And I understand that. But clearly, they, they've been able to fly some of them because uh, I saw yesterday that they actually, they hung a guy from the bottom of a Black Hawk helicopter flying around with a body, you know, uh, suspended, looked like he was uh, suspended by his neck. So they hung a guy and flew him around with one of our Black Hawk helicopters. So yeah, to say that these people are civilized and we're going to be able to deal with them, uh, I, I would challenge that. But my challenge to you is get a hold of the people that can actually make a difference and demand that they uh, 
put pressure on this administration to get those people out of there. And, you know, eventually, you know, the Afghan uh, population has to rule themselves. But uh, if, if, uh, if they don't, um, and in securing ourselves, especially our southern border, you know, been down there and it's uh, there. One of those, even a few of those 380,000 automatic weapons are going to make their way across that southern border. Guarantee it. And when it happens, uh, most likely our law enforcement are going to be the first ones that are going to feel the brunt of that. And but um, <laughs> explosives and I, I mean, who $85 billion worth of military equipment. And if you look at that list and think of the damage that could be done, I mean, you go back to 9-11 those uh, those 19 or so, you know, uh, Islamic terrorists that uh, were able to pull that off, they pulled that off with our aircraft. Now, lots of things have changed since then, but it doesn't take very much to uh, to cause a major panic. The, the key word of terrorism is terror. So what would it take to cause terror in your mind and in, in your life? And uh, it is it is the responsibility of our politicians to secure us so that we can go about our business. And if they're not doing that, then uh, things need to change. So that's my um, uh, that's my plea for today is uh, number one, honor those that are serving, honor those that have been killed and uh, honor those that are protecting us, whether that be military or law enforcement, our, our firemen, our, all of our first responders. They deserve our respect. They deserve our support. And they deserve um, the attention that, uh, that they uh, you know, need in order to continue to do their job to protect us so that we can go about and do what we do. And some of you are consultants. Some of you are... Um, you know, do things like what I do with uh, podcasting and uh, MVAC systems, which is, you know, the DNA collection, uh, or I, I don't care what you do. Um, you, your business requires security. And that comes from law enforcement and it comes from the military. So I hope you pay them uh, the respect and, and the honor that they deserve. So, all right, guys. Thank you for listening to All Things Crime. We are so grateful for all of our listeners. If you enjoyed this, please give us a positive review so other people can find it as well. Have an amazing All Things Crime Day.